Hey there, I'm Daphna Chazen, and this is the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast. On the show, we talk about managing PCOS using proven strategies, ditching diets for good, and balancing hormones naturally. Let's get to it. today's episode, we are talking about continuous glucose monitors and whether or not you need one. Should you be wearing one? You probably heard me say in the past that blood sugar is the foundation of hormone health. And that's because keeping your blood sugar stable means that hormones like insulin and cortisol have less of an impact on your PCOS symptoms. Things like fatigue, especially as well as cravings, weight gain, missing periods, high androgen levels, which can manifest as hair loss, hair growth, acne, again, erratic periods. These are all very common symptoms that can get way worse when blood sugar is not well managed. And this is partly why nutrition has such a huge impact on PCOS because it directly impacts blood sugar control, which then dictates the function of these hormones. So it's kind of like this cascade or this snowball effect when one thing gets into motion, if blood sugar is not well managed, it can really increase insulin levels and then the symptoms are raging, etc. So keeping your blood sugar stable is the foundation of keeping PCOS under control and living symptom-free. It is possible, but it all starts with blood sugar management. So it does make sense that we talk about blood sugar a lot and we talk about insulin a lot and how food impacts both of these things and especially how we can prevent blood sugar from going too high or going too low throughout the day. This stuff is important to talk about and is important to manage with your nutrition But recently, I see that people are getting very curious about blood sugar monitors to keep a very close eye on blood sugar levels throughout the day in people who are not diabetic. And this is where I have a little bit of a problem. And I wanted to talk about this today and share with you why I think that blood sugar monitors are not really necessary for PCOS. In fact, for some people, I think they can be harmful and cause a lot of stress. And so I want to talk about why I believe this to be true. Now, I want you to know that the use of devices to measure blood sugar is really nothing new. But doing it, using those blood sugar measurements and the monitors and wearing a device on your body in non-diabetic people is fairly new. And I see a lot of discussion about this on social media. And people talk about whether or not this would be beneficial for PCOS, given that association between hormones and blood sugar control. Now, I do think that it's very important to keep blood sugar stable and well-managed. I think that someone who is what we call normoglycemic, meaning their blood sugar is well-controlled, it's not elevated, there's usually not an issue the use of blood sugar monitors is really not necessary. And I'm going to break down some of the reasons that I hold this position on glucose monitors in this episode. And I see them everywhere. I'm sure you have as well. Maybe you've been targeted with some ads. Maybe you've seen some of your favorite influencers wearing them. And I kind of have a problem with it. I actually don't like it at all. I think that it can be really feeding into an obsession with numbers and tracking and analyzing. And I don't find that to be healthy really for anyone. Now, that being said, 
I'm not saying that people who aren't diabetic should totally ignore their blood sugar and they don't need to know what their blood sugar is and all of that. That's not what I'm saying. I do think it's absolutely vital to get your blood sugar tested routinely, ideally every six months, and see how your body is handling glucose and how your body is metabolizing food because your blood sugar readings are going to tell you a lot about that. Now, there are a few different tests that I usually recommend to better understand where you stand in terms of your blood sugar control. The first one is a fasting glucose and a fasting insulin. Both of those tests are just a snapshot in time. They show us what was your fasting glucose and insulin at that moment that you gave blood. And that can be helpful. It's definitely not a big picture and it's not showing us patterns, but it can be helpful to identify whether or not you're insulin resistant because we can take both of these numbers, the fasting insulin, the fasting blood sugar, and put them into an equation called HOMA, H-O-M-A, and that's widely available on the internet. So if you Google HOMA, you will find the equation and you, if you have your fasting numbers, you can plug them in and see the degree of insulin resistance that you may be experiencing. Now, today's episode is not about that, so I don't want to go too much into it, but getting your fasting insulin and fasting glucose done, checked regularly is important. And by regularly, ideally every six months. And the combination of the glucose and the insulin numbers can really tell you a lot about the degree of insulin resistance. So even if your blood sugar is normal, it's not elevated, you could still be insulin resistant. And so we want to know both of those numbers. And then another important test for anyone, even if you're not diabetic, even if you know that you're not even insulin resistant, which sometimes, you know, your doctor may tell you that, but it's not exactly accurate. I do recommend getting your A1C, hemoglobin A1C done. That is a three-month average of your blood sugar. It shows you how your blood sugar trended in the past three months. And so if that's within the right ranges, that means that most of the time your blood sugar is in the right levels. And so all three of these tests are important. They are all blood tests that your doctor can prescribe and you can get done fairly easily. And I do recommend getting them done routinely. Now let's get back into talking about continuous glucose monitors, which work a lot differently. So what are they? Well, essentially a glucose monitor is a sensor that's inserted below your skin and usually it goes in the back of your arm and it measures your blood sugar levels in interstitial fluid, which is the fluid between your cells. So it's constantly going, it's constantly getting data. It checks your blood sugar, I believe, every five minutes. And so you can get a reading of your blood sugar pretty much throughout the whole day at any given point, and it would be recent. It would be what your blood sugar was within the past five minutes or so. No pricks are necessary. And so that's a benefit for people who are diabetic or check their blood sugar if they're pre-diabetic, even though it's actually no longer recommended that pre-diabetics check their blood sugar, but that's for another day, a topic for another episode. But if you are diabetic and you've been using finger pricks, this is great news because this device attaches to the back of your arm very easily and relatively pain-free. It really doesn't hurt. And it reads your blood sugar continuously. That's why it's called a continuous glucose monitor. You can shower with it. You can wear it 24 seven and it connects to a meter that will be reading your blood sugar. So you can hold it over 
the sensor. You can hold either your phone with the app or the meter that you get with the sensor, and it gives you a reading of your blood sugar as well as it can graph your blood sugar levels throughout the day. So you may have seen this type of graph online. The glucose goddess is one influencer who regularly posts this graph type image showing you the ups and downs of her blood sugar based on what she ate throughout the day. That data is coming from her continuous glucose monitor. Now, the one good thing about continuous glucose monitors, and for the rest of today, I'll just call them CGMs, is that they cut out the guesswork and they give you very meal-specific information about your blood sugar response. And that's helpful, but I think mostly for diabetic people, okay? So if you don't have diabetes, I'm gonna tell you exactly why I think you really don't need to know this information. And I think that it can even cause too much stress. But for someone who's diabetic and they're previously using finger pricks, I think this can be really good news. It can really help you get a better handle of your blood sugar control throughout the whole day, get a lot more data about how what you're eating is impacting your blood sugar. So I can see this being really helpful for someone who has trouble with blood sugars that go too high or too low, which is oftentimes what we see with people who are diabetic. So with that, I think there's a huge benefit. But for everyone else, if you're not diabetic, I really don't think that I would suggest it or recommend it. And there are three reasons why. The first one is that you'll likely not learn anything new. And I say this with conviction because the results that you're going to see from your CGM are likely what you would expect, right? When you're eating a meal that's really high in carbohydrates and has not enough protein, fiber, or fat, that will likely cause a spike in blood sugar. We do not need a monitor to tell us that. We can absolutely predict that without knowing the exact number. So if you're eating a big bowl of pasta that doesn't have any type of protein or vegetables or fiber with it, your blood sugar is gonna rise pretty high. If you're eating a big bowl of oatmeal, a lot of times I see women who are carb loading a lot of, carbs into one meal, into one sitting. So that could be a bowl of oatmeal where the portion is really big and then they're adding honey or milk or sugar or fruit or all of the above. That could be a really high carbohydrate breakfast. And that's likely in the absence of protein, especially gonna spike your blood sugar. Again, we know this, this is to be expected. And the good news is that it's very easily adjusted. So we know what to do in order to make that meal more blood sugar friendly. Even with these rises though, it's important to know that if someone doesn't have diabetes, even if your blood sugar spikes, it's likely going to stay in the normal range and then come down because your body really tightly regulates blood sugar levels. So your body knows that when blood sugar goes really high, and when I say really high, again, it's still in the green, so to speak. It's still in the range that's normal. You're not going into the pre-diabetic or diabetic blood sugar ranges. Your body knows what to do. It's going to slowly bring it down. Now, again, if that was a really sugary food or sugary high carbohydrate meal that you ate, there's a chance that it's going to spike and drop. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But for the most part, if your blood sugar went up, maybe it went up to the 120s or 130s, which would be high for someone who's not diabetic, but still within the correct range. And then your blood sugar slowly came back down. 
that's perfectly normal. There's nothing wrong with that. So there's no reason why a few high readings are going to be a sign that something's wrong. Now, if you had a blood sugar monitor and you ate that oatmeal and you look at your blood sugar, you could freak out because if you saw it spiking really fast and you're not really realizing that it's still within the right ranges, it's still okay, it's going to come down to the baseline and you'll be fine, then you're just going to think that oatmeal is really bad for you and you need to cut it out altogether, where really what you have to do is maybe adjust the portion, add a protein to it, change the type of add-ons that you put in, right? Maybe instead of fruit and honey, we're using nuts and chia seeds or something like that, or we're sweetening it with something like maple syrup, which is slightly lower glycemic. So there are a lot of ways that you could be tweaking that meal, not eliminating oatmeal and not reading too much into what your blood sugar monitor is showing you. So knowing that you have to balance your carbohydrate containing meals with protein, fiber, vegetables, and healthy fats is very foundational to managing blood sugar. We do not need to know the exact numbers in order to know that that is a good idea or that a meal that has mostly carbohydrates is likely not the best thing for our blood sugar. And so if you're going to look at your numbers and you're going to think that oatmeal is spiking your blood sugar, it's the worst food for you, you're really not reading into it properly. All it means is that your body had to work a little extra hard to keep blood sugar controlled after that meal. Let's do it a little bit better next time so we can create a more wave-like rise in blood sugar as opposed to a spike. And so this is pretty much common knowledge for most people, especially if you're learning about PCOS, following people like myself, and knowing that there are a lot of nutrition hacks and tweaks that you can make to keep blood sugar stable. We don't actually need to know the exact number in order to do that. I guess my point is knowing the number is nothing new. It doesn't give you a result that you wouldn't otherwise expect after eating a meal like that. And that's why I just think it's not necessary. And to be honest, for most women who have PCOS, it's likely harmless to experience those occasional blood sugar spikes. So as long as there are those periods of time where your body can return to baseline, there's no harm in that. It's nothing to worry about. And we definitely don't need to completely cut out foods or make over our entire diet in order to avoid them if they're happening here and there. That is a perfectly normal part of how your body works. And we know that most of the time your sugar is in the normal ranges. So there's nothing to worry about. And studies confirm this, by the way, and they show that the blood sugar of people without diabetes who were the continuous glucose monitors was in the normal range 97% of the time. That's almost all the time, right? And so it means that most of the time, 97% of the time, people's blood sugar was in the 80 to 120 range throughout the day. And that is perfectly normal. In fact, when you look at the glucose goddess graphs, you see that most of the time she's in the green. She has this green and then a red range on top. She rarely ever goes up to the red. She always stays in the green. And so your body knows what to do. Your body knows how to accommodate for that, how to bring your blood sugar back down. Now, it is true that a spike may not be as great for your health and blood sugar control as a wave-like movement. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. 
But for the most part, we can see that blood sugar doesn't go out of the normal ranges. And so there's really nothing to do about it. There's nothing to worry about because your body has mechanisms in place in order to bring it back down to baseline and keep it stable. And so, yes, some meals will spike your blood sugar. It will stay in the normal range, but we know what those are. We can expect and we can anticipate which types of meals are going to cause this spike and which wouldn't and how we can accommodate the higher carbohydrates meals to make them more blood sugar friendly. Now, if you're sitting there saying, well, Daphna, this blood sugar spike, even though it's staying in the right range, even, even though my blood sugar is staying in the normal healthy ranges, that spike can still be significant and I can feel it. You're absolutely right. And that brings me to the second reason why I don't think the meter is actually necessary. And that is you have an internal set of blood sugar meters inside your body that already work pretty well for you. And those are your symptoms, right? You can tell a lot about your blood sugar control by paying attention to your symptoms throughout the day, especially after meals and between meals. And so if you're getting energy dips and moodiness and reduced mental function and cravings very soon after you eat, if you're hungry all throughout the day, all of those things are signs of poor blood sugar control. There are literally dozens of symptoms that can indicate how your blood sugar control is throughout the day. If you pay attention to them, if you tune into your body and observe how you feel after meals and a couple hours after, you can absolutely tell if that meal was good for your blood sugar or not. And once you identify a pattern, you can make changes to control your blood sugar better. You do not need to know the exact number. You do not need constant checking of your blood sugar in order to to know that you're hungry or you're cravy, right? We don't need a meter to tell us that. We can pay attention to our own body and notice the patterns and what's going on. And so if we notice that we're hungry throughout the whole day, maybe we need more protein at breakfast. If you have a PM snack that has more fiber and a healthy fat in it, you may be able to control your afternoon cravings a lot better, right? If you're someone who wakes up nauseous and weak in the morning and very hungry, I have a few clients who came to me feeling this way. That is a sign of your blood sugar maybe going too high in the morning. You may want to add more vegetables and protein at dinner. So there are a lot of little tweaks that you can make by adjusting the portions of carbs throughout your day, adding more protein, fiber, fat, and vegetables, and that will allow for better blood sugar control. And it also allows you to not rely so much on numbers, but instead focus your attention on your body and how you feel, especially if you experience a lot of symptoms that are related to cravings, hunger, energy levels, mood, brain fog, weight gain. Those are all blood sugar related symptoms that are common with PCOS and can tell you a lot about how your blood sugar is controlled throughout your day based on what you're eating right now. Now, the other reason that it's really important to pay attention to your body and not just pay attention to the monitor is that sometimes you're going to see a spike on the monitor, but you're feeling just fine. And that's great. That is absolutely no reason to eliminate that food or to change up that meal. So 
like I said before, your body can handle blood sugars that are slightly spiked and it will bring it back down on its own and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to know about it. In this case, knowledge is not really power. Knowledge is just something that can stress you out and make you change your diet unnecessarily. That's how I see it. And so sometimes your body is going to be able to handle a slight spike in blood sugar. You're not going to be symptomatic. You're going to feel just fine. And there's no reason to eliminate that food. So if you eat a bowl of pasta and it had shrimp or chicken in it and your blood sugar went up a little too quickly, even though you added protein, but you weren't symptomatic, you felt fine, you were satisfied, you didn't get hungry. Why would you want to change that meal? There's no reason to do that. Well, if you were wearing a monitor, you may have a little conflict on your hand. You may think, well, my blood sugar spiked, but I felt fine. Should I eat pasta? Is this good for me? If you're not diabetic, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You can continue to eat it. If you were diabetic, yeah, we want to pay closer attention to those spikes. But if you're non-diabetic, there is absolutely no reason that you couldn't continue to eat this food. Feel satisfied. You don't need to know the blood sugar impact of every single food and every single meal. It's micromanaging and it's not helpful. And this brings me to the last reason I don't like blood sugar monitors. And this is the most important one. And that is it can cause stress. Micromanaging your blood sugar, like I just said, can be very anxiety provoking. I have a couple clients who wear blood sugar monitors and I know that they check their blood sugar constantly, multiple times an hour. It's very tempting because all you have to do is kind of scan it with your phone and you're going to see that number. And so when you're constantly preoccupied with your blood sugar numbers, you're going to start making all kinds of associations that are not necessarily true between what you ate and your blood sugar levels. It can become all consuming. It's all you can think about. And again, I think that over time it can lead you to feel fear and stress around eating unnecessarily. It's important to remember that there are many things that impact blood sugar, not just what you ate last, right? And so if you're wearing a monitor and you're seeing your blood sugar on the rise and you immediately associate it back to the lunch you just had or the snack that you had, you could be missing the bigger picture here. Maybe you didn't sleep well. Maybe you're under a lot of stress. Maybe you didn't move your body or maybe you did move your body and you saw a better blood sugar response. It doesn't mean that what you ate was better for you. It means that overall today you're managing your blood sugar better. So of course there's an association, but it's not always direct. And there are other factors that come into play. And what I worry about as a clinician is that when people wear the monitors, they're going to make inferences that are not necessarily accurate about their blood sugar. It can cause a lot of fear and anxiety around food specifically, and it can really prevent you from creating a whole blood sugar friendly lifestyle when you're only focusing about what you ate last and how it impacted your blood sugar. Whereas in fact, the reality is there are many factors that have a huge impact on your blood sugar levels that are not food related. And so I think you'll agree that keeping anxiety levels around food low should be a big priority in managing PCOS in general and in health because stress is not contributing to happy hormones in any sort of way. 
And so I want you to think about this when you see these blood glucose monitors out there and thinking whether or not you should wear one, I want you to remember that results are likely not going to surprise you. If blood sugar is poorly controlled, your body is going to tell you because your symptoms are going to be more noticeable. And we don't need an external device to constantly be spitting out numbers at us that we oftentimes don't know what to do with and can really increase stress. So as much as I love numbers and I love testing and I think it's helpful in some cases, I think in the case of blood sugar monitors for people who are not diabetic with PCOS, the information is not that helpful. Knowledge is not always power. Like I said before, sometimes it's an unnecessary distraction that can really send you down a rabbit hole of micromanaging the blood sugar in a way that causes a lot of anxiety and not really adding value. And it's also redundant. Like I said, your body is going to tell you the exact same information, maybe in a little bit of a different format, right? It's not going to be a number or a reading, but it's going to be a symptom. But if you pay attention to it, you can learn a lot about how you're doing. And you don't need to wear a device that you're constantly going to feel obligated to check in order to gauge if your blood sugar is well managed. Now, that being said, if you're someone who still wants to know, you love the numbers, you feel good about it, it doesn't stress you out, it gives you information to work with, I would say work with someone who can guide you through it and can help you read those blood sugar numbers from your CGM so that you're not making decisions that are going to harm you or cause any sort of elimination of food or changes that are not actually necessary and beneficial. So find a dietitian, find someone who's a diabetes educator. Those people are generally going to be very skilled in managing blood sugar and reading into your results even if you're not diabetic, that can help you make the most out of it and not just collect a bunch of information that you don't know what to do with. That would be my recommendation and I hope that this makes sense. So that's all I have for you today. I wanted to share my thoughts about glucose monitors and PCOS and whether or not they're a good fit for someone who's not diabetic. I hope today's information helped clarify things for you a little bit. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this topic and answer any questions that you may have. You can send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at PCOS.Nutritionist.Daphna. And I will see you here again next week with a new episode. Bye.